It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I'm Jason Kelly. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's that week. The stock market's partially closed. People are tuned in elsewhere for the big holiday in the United States. And, of course, everybody's inbox is flooded with Black Friday promos. I don't know if you're as bothered by those as I am, but it's sort of unfortunate to see the holiday spirit get overrun by the commercial spirit every year, even though we are a gathering of investors around here. And on that front, I wanted to take some of your time this week to discuss a direct impact of this year's high inflation rate on the investment calculations that we and others have to make. It's occurred to me, it's become apparent to me, in my inbox and other communications with investors, that people are unclear on exactly why a high inflation rate hurts their investment portfolio. In in this podcast episode, I want to look at a, a distinct way that that happens, a key metric that a lot of institutional investors and others look at to understand whether their, their stock market portfolio is doing well for them in context of the entire situation. So we'll go through the components of the real earnings yield of the S&P 500, which can be applied to any index and, and even any individual stock or other investment. We can look at the, the earnings as a function of price and then compare that to inflation to understand whether we're coming out ahead when we factor in spending requirements of higher inflation. So let's dive into that with the components of real earnings yield. The S&P 500, like any other index or any single stock, generates earnings. And these earnings are reported by its components every, every quarter. At the end of the earnings season, we can tally up all of those earnings and come up with an aggregate earnings for the index and then divide that by price. So earnings yield is, is that. It's earnings divided by price. So, for example, the S&P 500 last last June had come in, and these are often delayed, I should, should point out. Um, the earning, you probably think that earnings season is over, but we still have new earnings reports trickling in. So the, the earnings yield and the aggregate earnings of the S&P 500 is somewhat of a moving target. Just be aware of that, that if you get online and start searching for numbers, you may come up with slightly different, different ones. But the spirit of this conversation is the same because we're just comparing uh, numbers that don't move all that much but, but don't really steady down for long periods of time either. So the, the basic idea is fine for this discussion. To take one example from this point in time, as of last June, June 30th, the, the overall aggregate earnings of the S&P 500 was 192.26. So if we take that 192.26 and we divide by the current S&P 500 level, which is not how to get as current as we can, but just to show you how the math works, the S&P 500 closed at 4,004 in round numbers yesterday. So 192.26 divided by 4,004 gives us a yield of 4.8%. That's 0.048, so 4.8% earnings yield. All right, that's how the numbers work. If we go with the moving target of, of current, 
in the S&P 500 earnings, the, the latest earnings that we have, and we compare those with, with the, the price of the index, we come up with a value of the same thing, 4.81. So you see what I mean about it not changing all that much. The, the, the figure from last June of earnings combined with the current level of the S&P 500 gets us basically the same thing we get by running the current numbers. So that shows you that the math is reliable. Earnings of the S&P 500 divided by the current level of the S&P 500 will give us its earnings yield. And just like with a bond or a stock, it, it's, it's useful to see just how much you're making for the amount of money you have to put into it. But that's not the whole picture, though. We have to also consider what inflation is doing. And the higher inflation is, the worse our actual or real earnings yield becomes. This makes sense, right? If you are earning a certain amount of, of profit from something, but your your costs are going up, then your net profit is, is not as good, right? And it works that way for your personal portfolio, the same as it works for a bank or a business too. So if we, we see our, our S&P 500 earnings yield as a way to know how much we're getting out of the stock market for how much we have to invest into it, then the next step to get that real earnings yield is to subtract the level of inflation. Now let's go through that. If we, if we, we take the current yield, that 4.8, um, and we subtract from it the current level of inflation, which is 7.1, then we get, so 4.8 minus 7.1, gives us minus 2.3, a negative earnings yield. There is your direct impact from inflation. The higher that inflation number, the more we have to subtract from the earnings yield we're getting from the stock market. And that's the whole problem for investors. Funny, isn't it? You normally think of inflation as, uh-oh, you know, price is high at the pump, price is high at the grocery store, the things that get talked about in, in, in most news coverage of it, which is, of course, real. That's what's going on. That's what's driving the inflation number. The whole impact for investors then comes down to that calculation, that we have to subtract the inflation rate from the earnings yield. And so the higher the inflation rate, the more we're going to subtract, so the, the worse off we're going to become. And that is why, for investors, we must get this, this inflation rate down, and the Fed is working on that. And you might think, well, well, what are the prospects going forward for the stock market based on this? Let's look at some historical figures from that. The earnings yield of the S&P 500 is normally positive, which will probably come as no surprise to you. The, the companies grow their earnings over time, so it's, it's normally up, and inflation is normally not high. So we're normally having a positive and growing number subtracting a subdued number, which gives us a positive earnings yield. And you can find charts of this in many, many different places. I'm looking at one from Bloomberg here that shows, shows the S&P 500 earnings yield going back through time. If you look over the past uh, 10 years, you see that it's, it's, it's been really in a sideways range. Let's tighten it up a little bit to a five-year chart. We've been going sideways for about five years um, in a range between about, about uh, three and a half to five, and it fluctuates within there. So five, five years ago, the S&P 500 earnings yield was about 39 and then it spiked in, in, in 2018 up to 5.3. In 
in the pandemic, just before we we went into the deep pandemic in in spring 2020, it was up at 5.2. And then the pandemic shutdown took it down to 2.5 by December of 2020. That was the the government-induced shutdown in order to fight the pandemic. It's been climbing higher ever since. So the the earnings of the S&P 500 is doing just fine. We haven't factored in inflation yet. But the current uh, earnings yield of the S&P 500 is that previously mentioned 4.81. 4.8, let's call it. It did spike up to about 5 again in, in early October, and, and now it's down to about 4.8. But you can see not a whole lot of fluctuation. It, the, the, the earnings do keep rising, but the S&P 500 level keeps rising as well over time. So we, we tend to stay in this kind of range over time with the yield. So the main, the main impact on how much we're getting out of our stock investments is from the inflation rate. <laughs> you probably didn't know it was that much of a direct connection, right? But that is how it gets factored into spreadsheets for investors and matters a lot and why we all hope the Fed does succeed in getting the inflation rate lower. And it looks like it is succeeding, which is why we've seen the stock market perk up in, in recent weeks because investors are forward-looking and they're anticipating things getting better. As we reduce the amount we need to subtract from our earnings yield, then earnings should go up. Now, why do we care about that? Does it matter what the earnings yield is for the long-term performance of the stock market? It does, actually. The, the stock market has tended to do better in the year, the 12 months following a high earnings yield. A chart of the day did a nice rundown of this last week. They, they plotted S&P 500 gains over 12 months following an S&P 500 earnings yield. And that range went from less than 0%, that's where we are now, the negative territory, all the way up to greater than 5%. That's the range of their their chart. And then it shows for, for each of these different areas of that how the index itself performed in the 12 months following. And no surprise that as the earnings yield goes higher, so does stock market performance in the following 12 months. For example... In the greater than 5% zone, the S&P 500 has tended to uh, return 17% in the following 12 months. In the 2 to 3% earnings yield zone, it has returned about 12% in the following 12 months. When you get into the less than 0% zone, the stock market has tended to fall 5% over the following 12 months. Now, one glance at that makes us seem makes us think, uh-oh, we're in for, for rough waters ahead. But remember that, that we have been in this negative earnings yield for quite a while. So uh, because the inflation rate has been high and uh, earnings yield hasn't changed much. So we've, we've been in this condition for a while and we're working our way out of it. So that's why... Uh, it doesn't get much easier to to time even when you know these statistics because you, you can't quite know when they're going to change. So uh, it, it creates a, a false sense of, of confidence to look at these and say, aha, we are in the, the negative zone, which means we're going to have a bad 12 months. Well, when did the negative zone begin? And then it gets into a debate. You know, when, the, when exactly did we fall into that negative zone? Well, what was the inflation rate? What was the earnings rate? When, when do we start counting the, the yield and so on? It's always the big picture. It's fuzzy on both ends when we entered, when we exited. And it doesn't get away from the basic big picture that the stock market rises over time. Two-thirds up, one-third down is the aggregate over time going through all different earnings yields over time. 
but this is nonetheless a factor to keep in mind that the reason we want to get that inflation rate down is that it does weigh on the, the performance of our investments over time, which I think you knew, but you might not have known exactly how directly that, that inflation rate does in, in, uh, impact our investments. Going back through time, you might find it interesting that the, the highest inflation rate in, in U.S. economic history happened in March and April of 1980. And that was up at 14.6%. The lowest we've ever seen was right after World War II in the late 1940s when it, the inflation rate itself was negative. So at that point, what a nice math calculation that was, right? Which could help explain why we went into such an amazing bull market in the 1950s. Um, because it, when you would subtract a negative 3% inflation rate, so you would add 3% to the amount of performance you were getting from your stock market investment. We haven't seen that since, and we'll probably never see it again, but we will see a lower rate of inflation, so we will be subtracting less from the performance of the stock market in the future, and that should perk, help to perk things up. It won't be the only thing, but you should know how this, this one metric works because you hear so much talk about inflation these days. And that's it, your nugget of financial wisdom for this Thanksgiving week, how real earnings yield works and, and why it's being impacted right now by a high rate of inflation. The fact that that inflation rate looks to have peaked, I don't know if we can call that a fact yet because people do disagree, but we did get a drop in CPI inflation for October and that has people encouraged at least. So if inflation did peak and it's going to keep going down lower, then this metric of real earnings yield will continue improving, which should keep the stock market heading higher as we come out of this phase in which it's been going lower. That'll do it for this week. Happy Thanksgiving again, everybody. And, and thank you for listening. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I am Jason Kelly. I'd love it if you subscribed to any of the links at jasonkelly.com, to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. If you haven't joined the Kelly Letter, now is a great time. Prices are still low, but a recovery appears to be afoot. I send new letters every Sunday morning, and we'll have one to everybody following this Thanksgiving break. So current subscribers, I will see you this Sunday morning. And thank you, as always, for doing business with me. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, everybody.